Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Brad Pura. Uh, yeah, doing, good to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing well. Awesome, doing well. man. Uh, this is going to be an awesome episode. We're going to invite on some guests later on. Uh, we've got an awesome one of our missionaries who's just now uh, joining the Capuchins. Mm-hmm. His name's Joseph yeah. Blue. It's going to be a while. Then we also have uh, one of our priests from Catholic Youth Summer Camp here, a Capuchin friar, uh, Father Brian. So we're going to have some fun today. Yeah, can it's going to be fun. Can you open us up in prayer? I can, yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of life. Thank Mm. you for blessing us uh, to live a life that is an imitation of your son. We pray that today's conversation would bring us newness of life, that you would show us all the ways that you're calling us to live more for you and more for your kingdom. Lord, we just are so grateful that you have called us uh, to be you in the world. And I pray that as this episode unfolds, Lord, that you convict in our hearts more what it looks like to live Jesus, that we would just live Jesus with our words, we would live Jesus with our lifestyle, we would live Jesus um, with, with our decisions, that you would be the Lord of our life, and through surrendering ourselves mm-hmm. to you, people would see you, that they would stop to see us, uh, they would stop seeing us, and they would just see your love, your boldness, uh, your your incarnation through us, Lord. We pray mm-hmm. this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, Brad. Yeah. So, this is Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets, meets mission. mission. So, like, right. Damascus is all about this, like, that turning point when St. Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. He had this mm-hmm. profound conversion, but he didn't just stop there, right? He was propelled into a life that was transformed and led on to mission. That's right. And today, we're just going to talk a little bit about that transformed life, right? Mm-hmm. And how, yeah. like, when Paul met Jesus, everything changed, yeah, right? That's when right. when we meet Jesus, everything, everything changes. Change. Yeah, yeah and, and that's the case with our missionaries. I know that a lot of our listeners, they know that I'm the missionary program director here at Damascus, and getting to oversee that missionary program, we have a place called Damascus yeah. where those missionaries come and encounter the Lord in a new way. Yeah. And then the goal is to deploy them into the world on mission in all yeah. of the different ways that God will call them to mission. And uh, you were mentioning there, Dan, that that's the call of every Christian, right? Yeah. Like we're all called to encounter the love of the Lord. And that love of the Lord, if it's a real encounter, can do no other but change us. Yeah. And then we live a life that's changed, a life that's different. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I just, I, you know, I, I think the 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 way of christianity in america can um sometimes just fall into mold, like falling into the mold of looking like everyone mm-hmm. else yeah, like yeah. jesus said like um that we we have to be on the narrow path that leads to life and few find it but and he yeah. tells us to be aware of the wide and broad path that leads to destruction and you know like there's if my life looks like everyone else's life if i mm-hmm. i live the same exact lifestyle and i make the same kind of decisions and especially here in america it's so easy for like the american culture or lifestyle just to like kind of be absorbed in a mind where I'm just busy like everyone else. I'm consumed with what everyone else is doing. I'm I'm just chasing the 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 house and the comfort and the cars right. and all of this and and I'm focused on making sure my grass looks perfectly green. <laughs> right, right. Like all of this American comfort, um, mm-hmm. we can lose sight of the fact that, whoa, wait, did I accidentally end up on the wide and broad path that leads to destruction? Yeah. Or am I on the narrow path? Like, If I'm on the narrow path, I'm living differently. I'm walking in a different walk. Yeah. I look different. I, t- I speak different. I act different. I make decisions that are different. I just, like, 
Jesus makes mm-hmm. me look different because I start to look like Jesus. That's right. Well, the church was meant to influence the world, not the world influence the church. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've been reflecting on the creed a lot recently, and we say that we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, right? But that idea of oneness, like I haven't even yeah. gotten past the first mark there, right? Yeah. That we're supposed to be one, yeah, but not like one, like a monolith, right? Now, let, let me make the, the one yeah, point first. that's a first. big word for me. Can, yeah, like, sorry, monolith. sorry. So not, <laughs> not I one. I have never used that word <laughs> in a sentence. Well, like okay. not one that Spelling all look. Monolith. Well, think about this. Like if you and I just like said the exact same words with the exact same inflection on this podcast, that'd be called a boring podcast, yes, right? Yes. Because we can be one yeah. in this podcast together mm-hmm. in the same subject but bring our own uniqueness into yeah. it. Does that make sense? Yeah, but sometimes I think the oneness of the church hasn't transformed the world. The division in the world has influenced the church. Yeah. And now I think because of that, we put up kind of like strong walls saying like, we're not going to let the division of the world into the church. But the mm-hmm. thing is the church is still, even though it's one supposed to be diverse. Like you, you look at the different parishes in the country. Like if you go to rural Ohio versus inner city, Columbus, the beautiful tradition of the faith will all be there, but the expression should look different. It'd yeah. be weird if it didn't, you yeah. know? And I think that sometimes in the name of standing for oneness, so the division of the world doesn't come in, we lose the beauty of the like individuals we've been made to be, that the yeah. Lord has made me unique, specific, and unrepeatable, yeah. you know? Amen. Yeah, I love that so much. So I, my heart, like... I worked at Dominican Parish for seven years. I love the Dominicans. Yeah. Uh, you know, I worked with like little Dominican nuns from Poland. <laughs> it was awesome. There was like four Dominican friars living in the rectory, uh, the priory, and it was just like mm-hmm. great, right? And I just love the Dominican way of life. But mm-hmm. at heart, too, like I, I just, I'm a Franciscan at heart, and I just yeah. love the Franciscans. And when people are like, I often talk about like, well, Francis and Dominic lived at the same time. Like, what if they would have like shook hands and said, let's just go into this together, right? right let's like, right. let's do this thing. Like, yeah. let's, and I'm like, no, it's so good that they were different because like the Dominicans have brought such a rich tradition yeah. to the church for 700 years. The Franciscans have brought such a rich tradition to the church for 700 mm-hmm. and they're just so unique. And without That's them right. and their uniqueness and their diversity, we wouldn't have like the saints uh, that we yeah. like, it would have been, what was that word you used? A Mon- monolith. Yeah, we don't, yes, want, we, we don't like, want it. There's beauty. No, there in, is. Like, encountering the Lord in the way he's calling you yeah. to be and allowing yeah. that expression of my, uh, of who he's made me. I mean, Paul talked about it, right? Yeah. There's like the body of Christ. And if the foot says to the hand, like, mm-hmm. I don't need you. Like, yep. no, we want, we want the foot. We want the hand. I'm sure That's the Dominicans right. and the Franciscans would argue yeah. like, who's the foot? Like, who's the butt? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. like, which one's the, uh, no, we won't well, go there. I'm well, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, we can pivot on that. But no, we all, we all do. We joust for the different parts of the body because, yeah. well, I, I, man, there's so much in this. I think there's a, there's a fear that my part of the body is not enough. You know, that like someone else who has a different part of the body, that part of the body is more important than mine. So I'd rather be like their part, but it's like, no, embrace yours. My life was changed. I mentioned those three descriptors of us as children of God earlier. And my life was changed at a conference where just a really wise man. His name's Brian Fisher. He's yeah. a he's a he's a seminarian. Yes, and now no, he's, he's a, a sem- priest. He no, was ordained. Uh, no, no, really? Yeah, he is wow. now father, and he is he is actually um, he founded the Holy Trinity Come Hermitage. On. So he no got special permission as a diocesan priest to be a hermit. You want to talk about humility? He's, he's one of the most powerful men I've exactly. <laughs> like he's one of the most powerful speakers and powerful men I've ever met. And he's, he's like, you know what? My call giant. is to be a hermit and to pray. Like you want to talk yeah. about embracing your part in the body? But he was at a conference and he was speaking and he, he said those three descriptors and I use them 
unashamedly now, right? Yeah. That were unique, specific, and unrepeatable images mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ to the Father. That when the Father looks down and he sees Brad, he sees Dan, he sees a part of his son that he put in no other and yeah. no other. And and like and he looks at that and he looks for the full expression of that. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he sees that and has that unique pride that he has in that aspect of his begotten son mm-hmm. in his chosen adopted sons. And so we're unique, specific, and unrepeatable. And if we live that out, man, our church would be less boring. You know what's so cool about that, too, is being unique, specific, and unrepeatable, we mm-hmm. all have the same call to live Jesus. And the cool mm-hmm. thing is, like, Dominic lived Jesus just mm-hmm. like Francis lived Jesus. And they lived different expressions of Jesus, like that, like, like Benedict lived Jesus, right? So yeah. we're all this, like, as we share in the sonship of Jesus, the Son of the mm-hmm. Father, as we share in his sonship— we get to be a unique expression of the Son of God. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and it's just such a, a beautiful, like, we're all called to the oneness of faith and the oneness of living Jesus in this world. Yeah. But we get to do that in the way that God has convicted our hearts and, and mm-hmm. created us to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if there's one thing you can say about the saints is that they were all different, you know? They were yeah. all different. Like, in, in, in a world that I think is pulling us towards being the same, yeah. I think the story of the saints— prove something very different. Yeah, so Brad, the world would say you've got to be inclusive, right? Like right. you've got to like everything's got to be inclusive. Your language has to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. Your pronouns have to be inclusive. Everything like has to be yeah. like 100% yeah. inclusive. And uh all are welcome, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like, how yeah, do we yeah. how do we juggle that in the Yeah, in the well it's it, it well I I want to say this and I and I know that it sounds provocative up front and and I kind of intend it to be, but let me explain it. I think in the name of inclusion, mm-hmm. We've lost the beauty of diversity. Mm-hmm. And here's what I mean by that. It, it means that like when, whenever I'm talking to someone, I need to make the conversation as uniform and as tidy as it can possibly be. And I think it's the exact opposite that brings people alive. Yeah. Like I love sitting across from people who fundamentally disagree with me on some of the most profound things in life, right? Like some of my best friends from college, they live atheistic or agnostic lifestyles. I love sitting across from them because I want to hear like, what is, what's in your heart? Like, where's that coming from? Mm-hmm. What are your thought patterns? Like, yeah. and let me, let me rub that against mine because yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not scared of thinking through life in a different way. Mm-hmm. I just want to rub that against my thoughts so that my thoughts can come out better. You know, like I, I there's something about this, like, um, self-sufficient pride mm-hmm. that says I learn more. Therefore I need, well, no, let me, let me say it like this. I, kn- I know more because I've learned more, mm-hmm. you know, but like a true humility says I learn more and therefore I know that I know nothing yeah. <laughs> like, like, and, and because I know nothing, I can be openness I can be openness. I can be be open to newness. (laughs) You know, I don't know, like something there. And again, like it's exactly what you're saying. It's something to juggle because we're we're all in the family of God, but it would be weird if everyone in the family of God looked like robots, then it would not be a, a God who creates as an artist. It would be a God who creates as some venture capitalist. And that's just not who he is. And so I don't know the the juggle of that is that the inclusion actually comes from you bringing your unique diversity to the table and having a conversation. It doesn't come from all of us becoming the exact same. Yeah. And here what we're saying and not what we're not, we're not suggesting that your unique diversity that you bring to the table is your sin. Right. No, no, right. Right. Yes. No, that's important. We're including like, we, we like, it's not, I love that. No, that's good. The diversity does not involve the diversity of sinners. No, involves the diversity of repentance, yes, right? Yes. And like, but I'm going to express myself in a unique way. So we're going to yeah. have guests on, and the, uh, the so we're bringing on Father Brian um, from the 
Capuchins in the province of St. Augustine. And one of the things I love the most about their province is they are crazy diverse. Like mm-hmm. they, they like they're Franciscans. And I heard yeah. one time, if you've met one Dominican, you've met one, like you've met all Dominicans, but if you've met one Franciscan, you've met one, one Franciscan. Franciscan like, yeah. the, the Dominicans are very similar. Like yeah. they, they're very, um, whereas the Franciscans are just diverse. Yeah. And, and this province, especially like kind of use it. Uh, and father can correct me if I'm wrong, but really has diversity as one of their like yeah. values. Uh, and they, they, they really, their, their provincial really values bringing in a yeah. diversity of uh, brothers. And so we'll, we'll hear from them and it's going to be really exciting. Uh, so we're going to take a short break. If you've been listening to us, you're listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And we'll be right back. I am a very happy, grateful revert to the faith. About 12 years ago, I was surfing the channels, and I found EWTN. I didn't even know it existed, and I heard Mother, and remembered that years ago, I had told a Catholic nun at a church in Boston that I was visiting that I missed the faith, and she said, you will come back. And when I was listening to Mother Angelica, I remembered that. EWTN, communicating the faith. Divine Intimacy Radio. The greatest joy in my life is helping others to come to know Christ more fully. And there's no better light on this path, the path to deep union with God, than the wisdom of the saints. Talking about this daily on EWTN Radio is one of the great joys of my life. Divine Intimacy Radio, Sunday, 6.30 a.m., 1.30 p.m., and 11 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. When it comes to prudential matters like rules or discipline, you and your spouse need to act as a team. When it comes to discipline, it's better to be wrong together than right alone. You might think you have the perfect discipline plan. But wait, there is no perfect discipline plan. (laughs) But the most essential part of any plan is that you and your spouse agree on it. Sure, it's simpler to parent alone, but as a long-term strategy, it's a disaster. The key is communication. You and your spouse need to talk, decide, and act together. Maybe it's the wrong decision, but it's an incredibly crucial that you agree to be wrong together. together. Spend more time talking with your spouse than listening to experts, because being in unity with your spouse unlocks the grace that comes from the sacrament of marriage. Remember, it's better to be wrong together than right alone. For more on this topic, listen to our podcast on parenting as a team at MessyFamilyMinute.org. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name's Brad Pierron. I'm here with Dan Dimite. What's up, Dan? Yeah, Brad, it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, so we just had an awesome conversation. If you haven't heard the first part of this conversation, go back and listen to that. But we're excited for this second part. We're talking today about how diversity in the church can be expressed and how we can bring about like greatness through our unique expressions of Jesus. Fire. It's going to mm-hmm. be exciting. Uh, we're going to welcome our good friends. Uh, we have uh, two Capuchins in the house, Father Brian and a new Capuchin postulate, uh, Joseph Lou. Let's give it up for our yes. guys. Amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, Fa- Father Brian, the, our listeners, they're, they're salivating. They want to know about you. Tell us like who you are and how you first uh, came to fall in love with Jesus Christ. Sure, sure. Uh, number one, great to be here. Yeah. Um, this camp is really uh, reminding me of uh, an experience I had in high school oh, at, nice. at, at, at a similar camp. 
but uh, we can get to that later. Yeah. But um, it, it's really just making my heart come alive again in some pretty powerful mm. ways. So thank you for having me here oh, and having yeah, us here. Absolutely. And, what a blessing. Um, so what was your question? Who are I? Who am I? What Jesus. a question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm Father Brian. Um, I'm a Capuchin Franciscan. Um, I I grew up uh, in the Methodist Church, actually. Oh, nice. Um, so, and had a wonderful experience there. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, one thing led to another, essentially, in sure. college, uh, looking, wanting to go deeper into my faith. Mm-hmm. And um, discovering Catholicism was um, was pretty wild, mm-hmm. uh, as I discovered that, uh, in mm-hmm. just reading scripture um, and reading very Catholic passages like... Um, you know, Matthew sixteen nineteen about Peter being the rock and yeah. uh, all those verses I was kind of coming alive for me and going, mm-hmm. um, you might want to take a look at Catholicism. And yeah. um, again, one thing led to another, just to give your readers digest here, and uh, became Catholic. Um, then I went overboard and became <laughs> a Capuchin Franciscan <laughs> um, after that. So if you want to know more than that, you, you can dig in. But, um, you know, I fell in love with Jesus. Uh, I feel like I, I've been... I feel like I've been in love with with God uh, from an early age. Um, again, my Methodist faith was was very very good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised by two uh, strong Christian people, um, my mom and my dad, uh, who would bring us to church, uh, bring us to youth group, bring us Big to man. vacation Bible school. So I was in the culture. You know, there was, yeah, there was yeah, a culture yeah, yeah. of that going on. Now, you know, as I went through middle school, high school, we did youth group and stuff, and some of my friends from high school were there. That always helps when you have friends from yeah. school that are in youth yeah, group with sure. you. Um, but it, it was just always – there was always Jesus in the background of whatever I was doing, uh, any of the sins I was committing, uh, you know, uh, misbehaving. Jesus was always there. So I had a great sense of God being there. I was never um, at a lack of uh, – I was never questioning too much of does God exist. Yeah, I, I always yeah. had this sense of like God does exist. I can remember praying at an early age, just you know, praying that um, – uh, that I could come closer and closer to the Lord mm. uh, and closer and closer to you, Lord. And uh, just, just help me love you. I remember praying mm. that at an early age. Mm. Um, now, did I do that later on? No, mm-hmm. uh, I think I actually kind of drifted off, but the Lord brought me back, you know? Yeah. Um, so then I, I became a Capuchin and when uh, um, I, when I, I think <laughs> what when is I, a Capuchin for maybe those who don't know. What yeah. What is a Capuchin? Is, yeah. That's a great question. Uh, so Capuchin, the word Capuchin comes from the Latin or they maybe the, even the Italian mean capuche, Ooh, which means, capuche. which means mm. hood, simply yeah. hood. So uh, in, in mm. Italian, it's the Cappuccini, which the, just means hooded brothers or ho- the hooded ones. Mm. So is that when, at all related to Cappuccino? Totally. Is Actually, um, we, the, really we, like we came first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And oh, then okay. the drink, the drink, Cappuccino was the named after us. The drink's copying you. The You're not copying the drink. Yeah. There's wow. kind of a long story behind that? it, but there's a guy named Blessed Mark of Aviano who was a Capuchin. Oh, he's, um, he's a saint because he created the Capuchino? Well, oh, no. more, they kind of just named the drink after him. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did it, a lot of work he's for He's keeping for other early. saints awake at all times of the day. Yeah. So the, 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 the color of the drink, uh, the, the Italian people associate with the color of this habit, you know, the oh, brown habit. And so they decided, oh, yeah. to, let's name this uh, hmm. drink the the cappuccino. Nice, only in and Italy. so yeah, I think one one uh, like like was zenith or like a climax of my life was um, drinking a cappuccino in Assisi, you know, with my hood up oh, as a couch. And I was like, this, something about this just feels right. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's so right. Like, I feel all is right with the world right now. Yes. Um, so that was good. That was good. <laughs> all uh, roads converge so right here. It, it means hood, right? It means and hood. Then, yeah. So you guys just have really cool hoods, basically. Right, right. So we're actually a reform of the of the Franciscans. Yep. Uh, it began sure. in 1528. Yep. And um, it was really uh, founded by three 
um, well, one and then two more uh, OFMs who wanted to mm-hmm. live almost like a more um, eremitic lifestyle, yeah. uh, kind of in the mm-hmm. style of St. Francis. Um, and uh, as they were kind of going out in these hermitages, they kind of broke away from the OFMs, like ran away. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then got, were hidden by the Camadolese uh, monks and um, some Benedictines. And anyway, they, That's um, fun. They, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they escaped and uh, started their own thing um, called the Capuchins. And then they they distinguish themselves by wearing these long pointy hoods as mm-hmm. opposed to the other like mm-hmm. smaller hood. Yeah. You know? So you can always tell a capuchin of the hood is like kind of bigger and like longer. It comes yeah, to yeah. a point. Mm-hmm. So Padre Pio is a capuchin, right? Padre Pio is a capuchin. Solanus Casey, yeah. Casey yeah. uh, uh St. Lawrence of Brindisi, who we celebrated nice. yesterday, wow. Doctor of the Church. Nice. There you um, go. we've got some heavy hitters yeah. and we have over a yeah. hundred you guys do it right. And, you know how to do like, it. Right. 20 That's, right. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> That's right. We're yeah, we have some and uh, mostly Italians, you know, so we're very beloved in Italy for sure. And we're all over the world. And, um, so why did you become a Capuchin? Uh, another great question. I, I, when I became Catholic, I really started to fall in love with religious life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this whole like cornucopia, so to speak, this uh, smorgasbord yeah. of yeah. religious communities <laughs> and things like, yeah, what is all this? But Francis really stood out to me as a young, as a, like a 19, 20 year old man in college convert coming into the church, like Francis represented every, all the zeal, all the all, all the radicalness that that you want yeah. um, in living your Absolutely. faith, Saint Francis just embodied that for me. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. uh, working with the poor, um, being poor yourself, living and working among them, and being with them, uh, walking with them. Um, fraternity was huge. You know, yeah. as I was kind of deciding whether I wanted to go diocesan or yeah. or religious life, like I knew that if I was a diocesan priest, I'd probably burn the church down on accident, you know, like, and, um, yeah, and, you know, those help me like turn the stove the off. Altar candles yeah. On. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, blow the candles out for crying out loud, you know, give this guy, the you got to use the bell yeah. thing that extinguishes yeah. the fire. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, little did I know that a lot of Capuchins are like me who do probably do the same thing. Uh, so just don't put all of us in one friary. Um, yeah. but, uh, so all those things, um, prayer, fraternity, mm. Um, service and, and, and walking with the poor, you know, yeah. being one with the poor. Yeah. Those all really stood out to me and spoke to my heart. But the odd thing was I never reached out to the Capuchins. They reached out to me. We had a very, very mm. aggressive um, – yeah, aggressive is not the right word. Um, <laughs> they, uh, uh, he had, we had a very uh, Bold, t- tenacious – Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Join or else. Uh, no, but he was very, very good about contacting – People, you know, you know contact Jesus was like that too. Yeah. He, he, he certainly was. The one was. Who went and called? Yeah, he was <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes those yeah. very right. passive vocation directors. I'm like, what if Jesus was just like, man? I hope Peter and Andrew decide to show up today to the synagogue. Like, yeah. that's not the way it works. Yeah, you have go, to go yeah. And give an invitation. Well, in so. order to to gain fishers of men, you have to be a fisher of men. You know, <laughs> yeah, you gotta go you really catch. Do. Right? Yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Well, but no, I also yeah. love too. Just uh, quickly, I, sure. the the prayer that you prayed when you were a young boy in the protestant realm just the way that the lord's brought that about through your vocation Mm -hmm. like like he answered that prayer i think sometimes i want to learn from young people how to pray again Mm -hmm. because those are the true and honest prayers and you look years later and they're answered like Mm -hmm. that i would know you more that i would know you better i'm paraphrasing but but like lord that you would bring me further into your love like Mm -hmm. here we are you know like that's amazing that's just so amazing 
Yeah. I love yeah. that. So I forget where yeah. we were. Me too. Oh, yeah, you're aggressive. We're talking about the aggressive Oh, yeah. Aggressive he's, and I, I, I wonder if yeah. he'll ever listen to this. I don't know, but he's, he'd probably agree. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. he's tenacious. Yeah. He's, he's, tenacious. he's a go getter, you know? He's, uh, he's also a lawyer. So that, to put those two things together, oh, nice. And oh, you yeah, got, you know. he, he can lawyer you into any uh, vocation. <laughs> if, you, if you ever want to see no. a cappuccino again. This yeah, is, this is, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he was very good. And um, he called me. He mu- I must have signed up for something in college, you know, as I was mm-hmm. going to these like you know, different conferences and things, being a new Catholic. And, sure. Oh, religious life. Like, yeah, I'll sign up for for that, you know, or yeah. um, whatever retreat was going on. But he got my number somehow through some some avenue. And it's just like a cold call, you know, like, hey, I'm Father Tom Betts. He's our provincial now. He's our boss. Oh, yeah. I like um, Father Tom. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was, me that, too. He was a, a great man, uh, saint of a man. And um, he said, I'm a Capuchin Franciscan. Uh, I like to come you know, have a, a talk with you. I want to meet with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, I was really new to all this, but I'm like, okay, Capuchin Franciscan. Okay. Capuchin being a new ca- uh, a convert, you know, or I'm like, okay, Capuchin, Capuchin. All right. Padre Pio. Padre Pio is yeah. a Capuchin. All right. Uh, Franciscan. Okay. I like Franciscans. I'm like, do I really want to, this is getting real. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where I really mm-hmm. want to do this. And uh, I said, okay. He said, well, I'll come to your, maybe I can come to your house and like meet your parents. And mm. I'm like, no, 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 that would not be good. Not be good. Um, how about I meet you like at a neutral place? He's like, okay, well, I'll come to your like hometown or so I'm from like the Canton Akron area in Ohio. And, uh, I said, how about we can meet like a, like a borders, like a bookstore or something. Mm-hmm. So get a cappuccino. You, get, you get a cappuccino yeah. Yeah. and he's the like, okay, I'll, I'll meet you at a, a borders in Canton, you know? And so, um, <laughs> Do we have borders anymore? Are those, no, are those, I, are those I gone? Know. I don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're gone. Yeah, I think they, they, they might are. be gone. Barnes and yeah. Noble maybe still around. I don't know. I'm familiar with the name. I've never been in a borders yeah. that are still around. Very yeah. always a clandestine place to meet a vocation director <laughs> yeah. in religious life. But he, he met me there. He's like, Do you want me to wear my habit? I said, No, please don't wear your habit. <laughs> um, I just didn't want to be seen like yeah. with, with a with a a medieval monk, you know, in public. <laughs> um, even though my heart was kind of desiring this, you know. But after that meeting, he invited me to uh, – it was a very good meeting, and he had a lot of good things to say and kind mm-hmm. of described the life and uh, you know, wanted to know about what, how I was feeling and where my heart was and um, went on a, a couple of different retreats with the Capuchins at a place called um, Alverno, which is like on the border of Maryland and Pennsylvania. Beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Beautiful place where we take – maybe you've been Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I went on two of those retreats. Uh, they were okay. You know, like they, they weren't like mm-hmm. – um, there wasn't like a, a a revelation, but I was. It, it made me more attracted to the captions, certainly, and yeah. I had a greater appreciation for them. But I was also like, this is very strange to my family. This is very. They were a little getting a little scared about mm-hmm. what was happening. Mm-hmm. Like they want to support me as much as they can, but they also were like, whoa, 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 like what? Is, what is this? Like, you want to be a priest now? Mm-hmm. Okay, does that mean you're gonna live far away? Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't think I want to be away from my family that much. Yeah. Maybe I'll go to the diocese. Yeah, Cleveland. yeah, and. Uh, that's where I was going to Ashland University, and that's where uh, it's in the Diocese of Cleveland, yeah. on the very edge. Mm-hmm. So I was working with a campus minister there, Father Vince Hawk, who was instrumental in kind of helping me discern. So he'd take me to the seminary, and I was like kind of balancing the two. I'm like, okay, well, I've been to Capuchin things, and now I want to go to the di- the diocese. Sure. Now I grew up, I had no connection with the Diocese of Cleveland. So, and Cleveland is a very strong diocese, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with a very strong yeah. presbyterate, mm-hmm. a very strong culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't feel at home necessarily um when i went to the seminary i didn't feel a part of cleveland yeah um now oddly enough i come back there and work there for three years in that very seminary yeah uh 
which I just finished my time there. So, um, so it became home. <laughs> it became home. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And probably always will be in, mm-hmm. in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I liked it and I knew that my parents would be pleased by that decision yeah. to stay or stick, stick around Ohio. Yeah. So I, um, did that and got an application and Father Tom called me after like months of nothing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, no contact at all. He said, Oh, sorry. I was in India. Um, you know, doing, he's all around the world yeah. you know, doing all kinds of stuff. Classic. Um, yeah. So why, so why don't you, um, let's, let's talk about vocations. It's like, well, I, yeah, I'll, let's talk about it. Um, I'm not going to join you guys. I'm going to join the diocese Cleveland mm-hmm. just so you know, so you can stop calling, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> essentially. Uh, and he's like, well, you didn't even vi- visit like, <clears throat> pardon me, our, our ministries. Like you didn't even come see our friaries. Like I said, Oh, that's right. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So why don't you come visit like Philadelphia and DC out East? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, um, I don't have money for that. And I was like, well, we'll, we'll take care of that. We'll take care of it. We'll fly out there. And and I just want you to come see. You already sound like a Franciscan. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 already yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm already paying. Yeah. 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 Oh, free trip? Yeah, yeah I'll take That's also yeah. very Franciscan. So I went and did that. And uh, so I, I took him up on it. I'm like, all to just say no. I just want to be able to say no to this. Sure. Yeah. And um, the, that was the mistake. Yeah. I went out there and not a mistake. It was the best thing yeah. I ever yeah. did. And I, I fell in love with, with the friars. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with what they were doing in Philadelphia yeah. and DC. I saw the diversity of the church, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, in Philadelphia and DC. I mean, we were working with um, African American parish uh, at our postulancy house. There was a, a very large Hispanic um, yeah. parish, uh, mostly Salvadoran, Central American yeah, uh, awesome. in DC. Uh, there's a Chinese parish in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a downtown, you know, inner city parish where there's, you know, confessions and adoration all day long in the yeah. crypt church and then five masses a day. There was just like yeah. all these avenues of of evangelization to, to yeah. all different kinds of people. Yeah. And that was so as a like you know, just country bumpkin whatever <laughs> from Ohio, Canal Fulton, Ohio, yeah. like just wondering what to do with their lives. Like that was so exciting. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the church. Yeah. The advent- yeah. the adventure that yeah. we go on Absolutely. by discovering And it yeah. felt like an adventure. That's a great word. Yeah. It felt like this is going to be an adventure, mm. and I'm I should be terrified of this yeah. coming from where I'm coming from. Yeah, it's so different, but I was excited about it. Yeah, and I thought awesome. I gotta God. try this. Yeah, but let me go on an eight day silent retreat first. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so I did right, that. Right, right, right. And uh, Test so I, the word. yeah, so I did the Ignatian model, the eight day silent retreat mm-hmm. um, with with some other college students, mm-hmm. and all I could think about was Capuchins. All yeah, it was wow. just there. I'm like, well. Lord, this is pretty cool. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's awesome. So I joined. I tried it. I tried postulancy, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, I, I never left. And then here we praise are. The Lord, here I am. Lord. Yeah, so praise God, Joseph. You just joined postulancy like last weekend, that's right? So that's Joseph, <laughs> uh, so you've been with uh, a missionary with Damascus for a few years. You're yep. a graduate from Franciscan, and yep. and now you're jumping into the Capuchins. What, this is true. What's God doing? Why did you make that decision? And wow. What adventure awaits? I'm really surprised because I've never heard Father Brian's story, and it's actually quite similar. Nice. <laughs> In that, like, I had initially had zero intentions of joining the captions. I went on a come and see simply so mm-hmm. I can tell Father Rafa, the current vocations director, no. Okay. Like, so so we're seeing the pattern. <laughs> yes. So their vocations director. So any vocations director listening, if you just want to be a little more bold. Yeah. yeah. More bold. Bring them in. Let them taste and see. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. right. That's right. Boldness is effective. See. It's effective. It <laughs> so, yeah. So I initially, I went on this come and see um, that Father Rafa invited me onto, and I had no desire at all. It was actually the weekend that everything shut down in the country. And for mm-hmm. COVID, so March mm-hmm. of last year. Mm-hmm. And I was even trying to get out of it. I went up to Aaron Richards and I was like, hey, Aaron, I know the world's kind of going crazy. I don't have to go to this thing. There are going to be people <laughs> flying in from all over the country. I can cancel. 
Like, <laughs> no problem at all. I will cancel on him. And Aaron's like, no, go ahead. It's not a, it's a, it'll be okay. It'll work out. <laughs> and so I go on this retreat. And, and just like Father Brian's experience, it wasn't anything like crazy. You know, yeah. like I've been mm-hmm. a missionary here at Damascus for two years. We run retreats and programming like really well. Yeah. Um, and programmatically, it was just like a pretty simple retreat. Mm-hmm. But something captured my heart. Mm-hmm. And I left just so, so much more in love with the Lord mm-hmm. um, and so much more on fire for him. And had such a greater desire to give my life to him mm-hmm. that I was like, wow. Yeah. I think I should give this another look. Mm. Yeah. Praise the yeah. Lord. Yeah. I love that. Me too. All right. So I, I'm like, we were talking earlier at the beginning of the show just about like that, like unique way to live Jesus. And Francis just screams that, right? Like he mm-hmm. was this crazy guy who like almost <laughs> crazy, like he gets rid of all of his parents' yeah. clothes and yeah. throws on sackcloths and just starts living like insane poverty and um, I'm sure most of the world was probably like, okay, this guy's a lunatic. He's right? lost his yeah, mind. He yeah. lost his, his mind. I'm sure his parents definitely thought that. Mm-hmm. And um, and yet he transformed the entire church. Like, you know, he renewed Catholicism in the yeah. second millennium. And, uh, um, and and that's the power of, like, us being unique and diverse. What, what about mm-hmm. the diversity of your guys' province, like, do you like the most? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed that right away when I joined. Um, you know, we we started as a, a like a, a Bavarian German uh, province yeah. that the friars from Bavaria came over in 1873. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it was pretty uniform uh, for a while as the, the kind sure, of, you know sure. working in a lot of German places and working with German migrants and things. Um, so it, only until recently has it become rather diverse, you mm-hmm. know. And I think our vocation director at the time, now our provincial, mm-hmm. and certainly our vocation director now, Father Rafa, they, they want their province to reflect the American church. Yeah. And we, work, we live and work in America, and we, we have missions in Papua New Guinea and Puerto Rico also, but um, we live and work in America. We want, the, we want our province to reflect the church in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there just hasn't been any shying away of, you know, culture doesn't scare us, um, yeah. languages don't scare us. Yeah. Um, and these men come to us honestly yeah. it's not like we're going to various countries or you know to, to look for these things they're just coming <laughs> yeah and no we're not way. we're not afraid to say no um so, so, so they're coming in and they're they're discerning with us mm-hmm. and they're finding it to be working i, I don't know what else to yeah. say about I it i mean great, yeah. I think just that we're not afraid to say no is yeah. the it's the linchpin like i sure. feel like so it often is. it's like we sometimes we just say no because we don't know what to do with something that's new or the person doesn't come because they know we'll say no. Mm -hmm. But when you've said yes multiple times, then you're not afraid of different cultures. You're not afraid of different languages. Like you said, it allows, it enables Mm -hmm. someone to say, oh yeah, I'm, I feel different and maybe I'll, I'll fit in here. Yeah. And there's even that old adage, like no means I love you, Mm -hmm. but, but yes means I trust you. Mm -hmm. You know, that like, yes, it it, like we need both. Right. And I I just love that you guys are saying yes to that because it's, and you mentioned it's a diversity of culture, a a diversity of temperament, a diversity of Mm -hmm. thought. Like that's, that's what we want because when you bring that to the table, then you're starting to talk from a bunch of different angles, right? That someone who looks different than me could still think exactly the same as I do and have the same temperament as me. It's really those diversity of thoughts, cultural experiences and things like that, that when you bring together, that that's the American church. And I think yeah. that's going to be the story of the American saints, you know? And Joseph, you've lived that so well yeah. growing up in New York. Do you want to just speak to like yeah. well, your experience and all that? Yeah. I grew up in New York from an immigrant family. My family's from Taiwan. Yeah. Um, I was actually hmm. the first of my entire family to be born in the States. 
So mm-hmm. growing up very much like an immigrant culture, an immigrant lifestyle, not really understanding what it meant mm-hmm. to be quote unquote American mm-hmm. and struggling yeah. with that my entire mm-hmm. childhood and mm-hmm. adolescence. And so just coming into the church and moving away from New York to rural Ohio was kind of like a culture shock in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, wow, American church is very different out here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just a bunch of German, Irish, uncultured. No, all jokes aside, like that was part of the beauty of like visiting the province of St. Augustine was like seeing that mm-hmm. they had already had that momentum mm-hmm. and realizing that like I was welcome with all of my past and all of my heritage and all of like that I'm bringing into it mm-hmm. that I'm desired and I'm welcome. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Okay. So the, the idea of like Francis putting on the habit and the mm-hmm. kind of in the modern context, the mm-hmm. you father putting on the habit or Joseph, like after your year of postulacy putting, habit. yeah. <laughs> but like, so there's no, like you can't, you can't hide the fact that thing. you're, 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 you're all in once you put on a habit. Yeah, right? yeah, and yeah. so why do you love the habit? I think I've always been a person that like just jumps head in. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I scream my personality. Like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> blocks away yeah. people recognize me people see me they know i'm different my hair is blonde right now yeah, <laughs> yeah. like i'm just a very loud mm-hmm. personality mm-hmm. and just to like use that for the lord and say like actually like i've mm-hmm. given up everything mm-hmm. i've completely surrendered my life and my desires and my possessions and my clothing um yeah and given it to the lord i think it's beautiful it's, yeah. it's just it's just a sign of surrender it's a sign of surrender mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. what about you father why do you like the habit uh, it, many reasons. Um, it, I think I, I fell in love with the, the visible witness of the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I knew when I was discerning my call, uh, to whatever, I, I knew I wanted to be a, a part of the church, mm-hmm. uh, in a deeper mm-hmm. way, in a much deeper way. Yeah. Um, I feel, I felt like, uh, religious life and particularly the habit just spoke that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I would hope that, you know, me wearing a habit would, would, would be sort of this visible mm-hmm. sign of the, that the church is here, that yeah, we're going to, yeah. we're, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. We're going to walk with you. Um, I hope we give that vibe. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's not received that way, but, um, you know, a lot of times, I mean, every day it's a reminder to myself yeah. that I need to be, I need to be, that I'm consecrated and set apart. Yeah. Um, your actually, your wife gave an actually amazing talk the other day about mm-hmm. all of us being consecrated and set yeah. apart. Yeah. Um, and this kind of being a deeper way for me um, to to express that, yeah, and to live it and to um to receive it, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it's such a sign of the church that like yeah. all of the Capuchins they take on the same habit, mm-hmm. but the personality, the mindsets yeah. that are under that habit are also unique. And that yes. is like we we take on the image of Jesus, yeah. and underneath that image of Jesus is such a profound diversity. And it's everything you and I were talking about there at the beginning, Dan. And that's why. I love the religious call. Well, even you, Father, you were mentioning that when you went to Borders, do you want me to wear the habit? Well, no. <laughs> Why? Because it's so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so different. Mm-hmm. And, and like right now, that difference, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I want that difference yet, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and those listening yeah. today, like you might be there, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't want to look that yeah, much right. different than these people in my neighborhood or these people at my workplace or these people in my school, wherever you're at, yeah. you know, like. But, but that's okay. Like humble beginnings. We don't have to be afraid of humble beginnings that you, you can, you can at first not be sure of that differentness. And then as you step more and more in that differentness, it's going to actually pull out those unique parts of you that are so specific. Yeah. To you. But I think that that's the difference between the wide 
path and the uh, the narrow path, right? So, hmm. like, every single one of us, whether we're Franciscan or a lay person, we're called to wear a habit every day, and mm. that's called Christianity. Yeah. It's like, we yeah. wear the yeah. habit of Jesus, and mm-hmm. and it does, like, a, a, as much as, like, a guy walking around in a brown robe with a big hood, like, mm-hmm. looks different <laughs> in our culture today, yeah. mm-hmm. um, just as much an on-fire Catholic looks different. Like, you go yeah. to yeah. your secular workplace, and your your worldview, your what you, what your priorities, the way you choose to live your life just mm-hmm. looks different. Mm-hmm. And if we're afraid to live that, um, like we're we're not actually stepping into the call of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like just like Francis was like, okay, I'm going to do what God's asked me to do, and mm-hmm. e- even though I know people are going to reject me, I'm going to step into mm-hmm. that. And um, mm-hmm. like we just got to do that more. Yeah. Like the church can't be afraid. We yeah. can't we can't be chameleons like that just blend in and like mm-hmm. hide ourselves. We have Amen. to allow the habit of Christianity mm-hmm. to like shine again yeah. because we're the yeah. light of the world. Yeah. Not like not held under a bushel. Basket. Well, yeah, and we're talking about encounter meeting mission. It's it's in encountering people like that. Yeah. That we can actually meet Jesus in a new way. Yeah. And I, I would love just to hear Father from your experience as a capuchin, you're obviously serving so much of the Lord's people. Do you just, do you have like store, like a story that comes to mind of when you were like serving and you met someone and just like the way that they looked like Jesus was different than you had experienced before. And like how that might've brought you in maybe like a time of serving an impoverished family or maybe a time of serving a, I don't know, um, someone on a retreat that was coming to discern the capuchins, just like, I know that you guys live so involved with people and that's mm-hmm. where we can encounter Jesus in new ways. And I wonder if any like stories come to mind when I say something like that. Um, a wave of stories come. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. You know, when I was a novice, um, that's like um, the second year of formation. So it's like Capuchin and boot camp, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you get the, you get the habit for the first time and mm-hmm. you're all excited and you do. That's the, that's the Can't year wait. after postulates where you get, oh yeah, yeah it's, it's great. Yeah. You get the, 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 the caperone, it's like a big bib or like a kind of a scapula that goes over Praise top. God. Is that because yeah. you guys are messy when you eat? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. Makes, it makes for a great napkin, yeah. uh, handkerchief, yeah. Uh, yeah. whatever. Because yeah. yeah. it's kind of ugly. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they remove it, when you take vows, yeah. you feel like naked or something. Yeah. Like, Something's missing. Like, where, where, where is it? Where is it? I hated this thing and now I want it back. If we have chili again, I don't know what to do. Exactly. Exactly. That's why the habits are brown. Yeah. That's fair. Touche. Coffee stains don't exist. They don't exist. Beware of peanut butter. (laughs) For whatever reason. All the religious notes we need to take. Exactly. Uh, So, yeah, as a novice, um, so you do a lot of prayer, a lot of intense prayer, a lot of intense fraternity. It's like a year-long retreat. Mm -hmm. And then you do a little bit of ministry. So Mm -hmm. my ministry, Mm -hmm. my apostolate that year was at um, McGuire Memorial, which Mm -hmm. is in um, outside of Pittsburgh, which is um, a a place for and a a home for many. uh, adults and children with severe developmental disabilities. Mm-hmm. And we had a friar working there. Mm. Uh, very, very Capuchin ministry in the sense that Capuchins go where nobody else wants to go. Yeah. Um, those are, it's a very neglected um, uh, area of the church even. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I went there. Uh, I didn't volunteer. I was assigned there. Mm. Uh, I'd never done that kind of work before. Mm-hmm. Um, so to go into a room with a bunch of adults um, uh, and they the, uh, so um, different than me, mm-hmm. um, not being able to speak or even make eye contact with me, mm-hmm. um, that was a bit jarring. So how do you minister right. to mm-hmm. someone like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first couple of weeks I'm there, I'm like, okay, um, yeah, hi, you know, uh, sure. how are you? You know, just nothing. Um, but after a while, uh, 
when, when you kind of surrender your, surrender your surrender your heart to that mm-hmm. um to that ministry you notice you just notice the the slight smiles you notice mm-hmm. the look in their eyes um yeah. they become Jesus for you in such a very powerful way that's real um mm-hmm. and, and to watch uh my brother father bill who actually lives in my house now uh praise god um to watch and learn how he interacted with them how he would catechize them mm-hmm. um how mm-hmm. he would bring them into the, into the right. sacraments right. you know yeah. like he had all these ways of well, doing they're that needed. yeah they're needed and so gentle and it, it was just it was yeah. ended up being such a life-giving ministry for me that flipped my world upside down that. yeah, yeah. Really and like joseph it. obviously is a missionary the yeah. the same thing i i think the reason that i ask that is because i think we oftentimes talk about how the encounter comes from meeting people that are different, yeah. but the mission is called to go in to see people that are different yeah. and to pull that into the church. Like yeah, we yeah. need that. Like yeah. we need this. Like we need you, you across from me yeah. who are different in all of these ways. Yeah. And like, man, thank well, you for your service. I there. mean, just like yeah. what you're talking about with the, uh, with father Tom, the vocations director, like we've got to be like Jesus who goes out, yeah, right? Like the church, it. like yeah. we're not a country club. We can't just serve members mm-hmm. only. And we've done that for so long. And like, we've got to, like, we have to go out again. We have to be the mm-hmm. the person who's saying, come discover, come and see, come and follow. Yeah. Like it's yeah. gotta be an invitation. Yeah. And we have to look different, right? We have and to look different. That different has to be attractive. It has yeah. to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. It has and to it, be the eyes of Jesus. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it has to be more than the habit, I think for yeah, us, absolutely. you know, um, just like, as I want to pick up on what you were saying earlier, like, uh, the habit doesn't make the monk, as they say, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or it doesn't make the friar. So we have to, the friars have to be different too. I mean, yeah. I can't just put this on and walk around and be effective. That's a good I mean, word. maybe scary. in some way. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and maybe some guys think that. I mean, if, you're, yeah. if they think that, um, they should probably change yeah. a little yeah. bit. Well, and that's why I love um, you know, kind of sometimes so. not having a habit because it forces yeah. me yeah. to be different. Yeah, sure, like, yeah. sure. I'm like, hey, man, it'd be easy if I walked in Walmart with a habit because I could start talking. <laughs> like people would ask me questions. It's like, no, people have to ask me questions because I radiate yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, we got to take a break because we're over time. So okay. you're listening Sorry, to Beyond Damascus. It. We're going to take a short break. And when you come back, we're going to do awesome things. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, join us right back here in one minute. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. The EWTN home video highlight for August is J.R.R. Tolkien, An Unexpected Friend. As a young boy, Diego Blanco saw God among the elves, dwarves, and hobbits of the Lord of the Rings. In this award-winning documentary, join this Tolkien expert on a journey to discover the gospel hidden inside this beloved work. Order your DVD at EWTNRC.com, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, or call 1-800-854-6316. Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. Let us strive to know the Lord. Quick question to you and me right now. Is that what you and I are doing every single day? When you and I wake up every day, do we strive to know Jesus or not? In the Old Testament, in the same book of Hosea, a little bit later on, it's in chapter 14, the Lord says through the prophet, my people perish. Or in another translation, my people are being destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Not a lack of data. We got tons of data. Not a lack of information. We got a lot of information. 
not just about things that are happening in the world. We got a lot of data, a lot of knowledge, a lot of information about God, but not a lot of intimacy with God, not a lot of relationship with God, not a lot of friendship. That's the cry of God's heart. God wants to give himself to us in the incredible gift of friendship, and we're not taking advantage of it. I'm Kimberly Hahn, and my new show, Beloved and Blessed, is now on EWTN Radio. Every week, I share scripture and my personal experience to speak to the desires and strengths of all women so that each of us can better live out our vocations as daughters of God. Tune in to find inspiration, hope, and strength in each episode. Don't miss Beloved and Blessed with Kimberly Hahn, tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern, only on EWTN Radio. And again, we're back here with Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And we're talking today about being different in the world. We have Dan Dimite, Joseph Lou, Father Brian, and we've had an amazing conversation to this point. And um, yeah, guys, I, I want to bring us back. Right when we took that commercial break, we were talking a little bit about just the idea that it's not enough to only have an external sign, right? Yeah. That like the habit, it's not enough to just have the habit on, right? It's not just enough to put a smile on. It's not just enough like that. All of those external realities need to match internal realities. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. We want to have a, a heart that's absolutely transformed by Jesus so that we can be Jesus to the mm-hmm. world that yeah. needs Jesus. And it's just all about like more and more. How am I called to live Jesus in this world? And, you know, Francis was a perfect expression of living Jesus, Dom, St. Dominic, St. Benedict, like mm-hmm. they all, they all had a unique they heard God speak to them in prayer on how they were called to live mm-hmm. Christianity. And I just get a sense that there's people who um, are hearing God and maybe they're scared to to bring themselves to the church. Mm-hmm. Joseph, I think you do that so well. You've yeah. just brought the fullness of who you are to the church and you yeah. don't hide like you don't hide yourself. You yeah. know, you've just given yourself as a missionary and now as as a capuchin, you're just giving all of yourself to the church. Like yeah, yeah how do, how have you done that? Because mm-hmm. like you are different, right? Yeah. You said that earlier. Like, how do you give yourself, how did you come out and say that like, I'm not scared to be different in the church? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's just like you said, Brad, those three words. Mm-hmm. What were they? Unique, yeah, unique, specific, and unrepeatable. Unique, specific, and unrepeatable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think... I think if I told people this, a lot of people right now wouldn't believe me. But growing up, I was very socially awkward. Hmm. Like I was very like just the struggle and the tension of cultures mm-hmm. and trying to understand where I fit in and what mm-hmm. I liked and what I disliked and my quirks. I had a long period of just like understanding myself mm-hmm. and being okay with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, letting that shine, you know. And so mm-hmm. to those who are listening, if anyone is feeling like you're different your difference is so good mm. yeah. and it's so welcome mm-hmm. and it's needed because yes. the difference that you carry is something that no one else has. Mm-hmm. It's a part of the father's heart, part of Jesus's heart that no one else carries. And we actually need you to shine that. We actually mm-hmm. need you to be yourself mm-hmm. and let that shine and not be afraid mm-hmm. of being rejected and yeah. not being afraid of looking different or having people make comments or yeah. things like that. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for that because a thing I often say having now been doing the mission of Damascus for five years, when you travel around and you see different (laughs) groups of people, one thing I'm constantly just reminded of in prayer is that like, if I don't help this person across from me recognize that their difference is needed, I won't see that unique expression of Jesus until the other side of eternity. And that's a, that's, that's a tragedy. Like that's a tragedy. Like I want to see that here now, like part of the beatific vision I'm being offered on this side of eternity lies in you, lies in you. And that's like, Yes. It's so yes. good. I, I'm, my wife and I have this like 
uh, thing we do because so often you'll see like these middle schoolers or uh, come to Catholic Youth Summer Camp and mm-hmm. middle schoolers are just <laughs> they're in that great age right yeah. and they're they're at camp and like you just see them come out of their shell for the first time yeah. and like the the, mm-hmm. the different kids mm-hmm. or like yes. the kids that maybe yes. don't fit in at school mm-hmm. all of a sudden mm-hmm. find a family and yeah. and where their difference and their 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 uniqueness is celebrated it's champion and yeah. we just like my wife and I will sit each other and we're like only at camp right like, <laughs> there's this, but it shouldn't no, be only at camp true. it should be only in the church only in the church only yeah. in the church that like that we see the unique value uh, that a young person brings and we celebrate mm-hmm. it as opposed to like hey quiet down and sit down right right like, right, right, like right. why did that become our go to yeah, and, yeah, and as yeah. opposed to like get up and like shop yeah, like, yeah, right? like yeah. they can't be just sit down and conform mm-hmm. it's, yes. it's who are you and what's the unique expression I mean I'm a father and mm-hmm. I've got four kids and Mm-hmm. You know, if you know my kids, they're all very unique. And mm-hmm. like, yeah. and I love, like, one of the things that was most exciting, I remember when we had our first kid, I was worried. I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to love more kids like I love her. And then the second one came, and the third one, and the fourth one. And it's like, I just love how unique they all yeah. are. And, like, the yeah, father looks awesome. at us like that in an even better way of, mm-hmm. like, man, my child is so unique. And, yeah. and so like, yeah. this is an expression that I want the church to have, mm-hmm. bring it. And mm-hmm. I don't want my kids to all conform and be the same. Yeah. Sometimes I do, cause it, but that's the sure. thing of me. Sure. Like where I'm like, sit down, yeah. quiet down. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, uh, but that's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so, all right, let's pray. In the yeah. name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we're so thankful for the fact that you are our Father, a Father who made us in your image and likeness, and yet... Um, has allowed your image and likeness to just be sh- like so unique and diverse. Mm-hmm. Lord, we pray that uh, for all those listening, that you would just tap into their heart right yeah. now and mm-hmm. anything they've been hiding from yeah. the church, anything they've been holding back, we pray that you would release that, mm-hmm. that there would be a freedom over our listeners mm-hmm. in Jesus's name, that they wouldn't be afraid um, to be who you're calling them to be. Anyone who's been um, like feeling like a uh, outcast, I pray mm-hmm. that you would give them a home, Lord, give mm-hmm. them a home in you and in you and give them a home in the church. Yes, Lord. And, we pray right now for any listeners that find themselves in the throes of comparison. Mm-hmm. We pray that you would do away mm-hmm. with comparison in Jesus' name, because Lord, we know, we know that you have made us unique, that you've made us specific, and that you've made us unrepeatable. And that there's nothing on earth we need to compare ourselves to. We only need to become the saints you've made us to be. Thank you, Lord. Man, Father, can you close us with a blessing? Yeah, absolutely. Brothers and sisters, may Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What a party. That was awesome. So you've been listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Um, We're so grateful for our hosts, St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you like this episode and you want to share with anyone, download our podcast wherever podcasts are found. That's Beyond Damascus. We will see you and join you next week. Ciao.